the morning. And uh, we're going to get into that here in just a second, guys. If you do have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 30 here in just a moment. But again, this is part two for our Vision Sunday. This is our second Vision Sunday, if you will. What we've done over the past couple of years is we've had a Vision Month. Most churches have Vision Sunday. That's it. It's one and done. We present the vision, and then we carry on. And I just felt led the past couple of years to do something a little bit different, to spend some time in the front end of that month. And if it carries over to February, as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, I, I do believe uh, last year that we spent probably six weeks uh, reviewing and looking over and presenting a legacy, a life worth leaving. So, you know, we, we ended up um, living a life worth leaving. We kind of carried on with that theme uh, throughout the, 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 you know, a couple of months as we went into the year. This year, don't know, but we are going to focus on that word joy. And uh, we're going to think about that morning and what that morning means to us as Christians and what it means to us and how we can go through our life making a difference in the lives of others, okay? Taking on board that very verse, that verse that you're given there, that joy cometh in the morning. So in Psalm chapter 30, looking at verses 4 and 5, the Bible tells us, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. For His anger endure but a moment. In His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So last week in our First Vision Sunday of 2024, we opened up with uh, verses 1 through 5, and, and we focused on the mainly the, the first three verses, 1 through 3, uh, last week, and we learned why there is joy in the morning, what the principle is of it. We learned that, uh, that we have been lifted up above defeat last week. We learned that we have been lifted up above disease. We learned that we've been lifted up above death, and, and some of these are spiritual in the moment, but all of them are physical in in the future. And that's the thing that we want to make sure that we carry on, that we carry forward, that we move in the direction that the Lord wants us to and desires to be, and how it's going to be not only beneficial to our Christian life, but guys, how it's going to be beneficial to those that are around us. Um, one of the things that I want us to make sure that we buy into this year as we do look, that, look for joy coming in the morning, coming into our life, coming into our heart, both in the moment and in what's going to be before us, is how we can take on board that thought of that joy that's coming one day that we're looking forward to, and we can pass that very same thought on to those that are around us. So again, I say this, some of these are spiritual, the defeat, the disease, and the death. All of them will one day be in the physical, and we're thankful for that here this evening. So he does more than just bring joy. He does more than just lift us up above defeat. He does more than lift us up above disease. He does more than lift us up above death. And, and when you look at those three categories, you stop and you think, how can there be much more? I mean, my goodness, what's better? What, and I'm not saying there's something that's better than those, but what I am saying is that the, the more that he does, when we focus on our life, when we focus on the lives that are around us, but we focus on the fact that joy cometh in the morning, it gives us something that we we direct our attention to, that we press on for in the morning, that we press on for in the future while it's living in uh, the present, guys, in the present that we're in today. His word, guys, his, his uh, you know, in our life, there is so much for you and I to be grateful for. Besides his word, uh, to praise his name every single day, but even things that we cannot even think about. You know, we always open up with that, that seven day, looking back in the, the last seven days, and we give that praise report on the Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. 
And, uh, and this morning we were going through the same thing. We were doing that. We were going around the church, and, and people were giving praise reports to Denise and myself, and others are giving praise report. And all of a sudden, Davith, who will be with us next Sunday evening, Davith just raised his hand, and he says, you know, I just want to praise the Lord for my salvation. I just want to praise him for my... Well, that didn't happen last week. That didn't happen in the last seven days. Sometimes we've got to look into, look back, if you will, and stop and think on some things that we may overlook. I'm not saying we take it for granted at times. Uh, we didn't deserve salvation. We, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't deserve to die in the way he did, but he did so so that we could be saved, we could be born again, we could be reconciled unto the Father. And because of that today, there should be an exercise of the gratitude in our life. So within the first five verses of Psalm 30, we see the foundation is laid in the first three, as we discussed last week, as we reviewed just a moment ago, that we've been lifted up these things. I know spiritual and physical, and spiritual now, physical and the present. But in verse 4, verse 4, is, it's, it's a self-explanatory verse, I understand. But it's really and truly a celebratory verse. It's a celebration of someone. And yes, it is self-explanatory, but it calls us to reflect. It calls for a reflection in our life, to say the least, that our praise should be found in our memory. It should be found in our memory. Read the verse with me again. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Oftentimes, guys, our praise is hindered by the day that we are in. It's hindered by the experience of uh, the, the existing uh, moment or minute, the, the, what we're currently going through, what we're currently dealing with, uh, and, and it's fully understandable. Guys, let me make this crystal clear, because I know this is week two in the vision month, uh, the vision month going into the new year. We're focusing on joy. We're focusing on all these things. Guys, listen. No one expects you when you're going through a hard time and you're grieving and you're mourning, no one expects you whatsoever to go through that giddy laughing and giggling. That, that's, that's, not even, that's not what this means. It means that there's an underlying joy that brings your heart and your mind peace and comfort at certain times, even in the midst of the darkest days. So you're not overlooking, you're not turning a blind eye nor a deaf ear to the situations at hand. But what we are doing, guys, is, is like the psalmist is inspired of God to pen these words. We are to sing and lift up our voices to praise. Psalm 150 in verse 2 tells us, Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. One of the reasons that we have the praise time on the Sunday is that I want to stir up your remembrance. I don't know about you guys, but I feel, I mean, I get excited for Sunday. I love Sunday. I love church day. And I understand it's a work day for us. I get that. But for me, it's an honor and a privilege and a blessing to be able to stand and preach his holy word. Uh, it is something that, it is a calling of God. And, and they're, they're, listen, there are few called, but I mean, there are, there are many called, but few are chosen. And I'm telling you, I'm thankful for what God has us to do. And yes, it is laborious. By the time Sunday night, night comes, after everything from Monday to Sunday evening, we are ran ragged. There are times I'll go to my study and I just sit in my chair and I just stare at the wall for a few minutes because we are ran ragged. But I'm here to tell you that I look at what he has done and the joy of what he has given us in our life and the memory that I can step back and remember his holiness and his mighty acts and praise him according to his excellent greatness. It brings something inside of my heart and into my mind every single day that despite the weariness and the, and the discomfort and the pain of whatever it is, 
there's an underlying joy that is there. And that's what he's saying. Lift up your voices and praise. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things, that bringeth out the host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Not only should we sing, but in singing or speaking, we should give thanks. We should exercise gratitude. We should have a memory of thanksgiving of who and what our God is, who the Lord Jesus Christ is, and what he has done for us, but especially for what he is. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness, our text says. It is that memory that you draw and you look back at the great things of who our God is. My opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. The Holy Writ right here is the only thing that matters, that which is preserved and inspired by the Holy Ghost of God. And it tells us uh, to sing and give praise unto the Lord. It tells us to lift up our voice, to praise Him according to His excellent graces, His grace, um, excellent um, greatness, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. Do you know what the enemy of gratitude is? The enemy of gratitude is selfishness. One of the earmarks of the end times is a society, a culture of people who are ungrateful, unthankful, unthankful, Paul says in his epistles. When he goes through the list of what is the earmarks of those perilous times for people shall be lovers, men shall be lovers of their own selves, and, and he goes on, disobedient to parents, and on and on and on. And just one simple word, unthankful. It is a self-entitled society that is unthankful. I mentioned this this morning. I mean, you mentioned it yet again. Uh, when I was, when I was, my parents raised me that if someone gave me something or opened a door or did anything for us, what did the first two words come out of my mouth? Thank you. Thank you. And we raised all four of our children to do the same thing. We raised our children ourselves to open doors for ladies. We, we raised our kids that when they get on the train, they get on the bus, or they get somewhere, and the seats are full, you give your seat up for, for a lady. No matter what their age are, no matter who they are, you give it up. And our children, we've been giving up for anybody else just to, just to step away. You know what? Because they don't see themselves entitled to that chair, or entitled to this, or entitled to that. And neither do I. There should be a spirit of gratitude in our life. And I'm telling you guys, that is something that I don't see to death. I see it less and less and less and less in the world that we are living in. They're losing the memory of his holiness. And there's no gratitude in their life. This is our memory. We mustn't ever forget what the Lord has done for us, each and every one of us. And, and in doing so, we are to remember his holiness. Remember who he is. Not just for what you get out of him, man, but who he is. That the creator of all things loved you so much, loved you enough, loved me enough to step off the realm of eternity, to take off the world of righteousness and be wrapped in flesh and live 33 and a half years in this world, a sinless life, and to die on the cross for, for crimes he did not commit, to become sin for us who knew no sins so that he may pay for sins and proclaim, proclaim victory over the grave. To some that's a fairy tale, and I say they're fools who believe that's a fairy tale. The scripture calls them a fool. He that says there is no God is a fool. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. 
I'm not just thankful today for what he has done. I'm thankful for who he is. I'm not just thankful this evening for what he is going to do and is doing. Am I thankful that he's, that he spared Daniel's life? Am I thankful that he protected my son in the midst of that accident? Am I thankful that his training kicked in gear and, and he started dressing the wounds of one of his, one of his, uh, platoon mates? Yes, I'm very thankful for that. Praise God. But I'm thankful for the fact that it was the Holy One on high who took note to do that. A memory of his holiness, my friend. Verse four is a celebration verse. But beyond the memory, Beyond the memory, we deal and live in the moment. The first two-thirds, I would say, of verse 5. says, for his anger endureth but a moment, but in, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. Guys, herein, and this is the area where we must remain on dispensational grounds. It, it, you know, no matter what fluff you may hear on the radio or others preaching and, you know, uh, you know, when it comes to present problems and this and that, our focus in the moment must be beyond, be beyond the days in which we live. It must be dispensational. We take on board the words of the Apostle Paul from Romans 8 and verse 18, who says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There is something beyond these days. There is something beyond the moment that we are living in right now. Weeping may endure for a night. But you know what? Your night of weeping may endure for a year. It may endure for five years. It may endure for ten years. It may continue on for the rest of your days on this earth. That's remaining dispensational in this verse. Paul writes to the Corinthian church referring to the troubles of this life. And this is what he says. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Our light affliction. My soul, man, if you begin to look and, and look throughout history and see the things that have happened in the history of mankind, and yet you say, light affliction? Every city nearly that Paul went to, they chased him out. He was stoned and left dead at Lystra, dragged out of the city and left there. He was incarcerated, beaten by his own countrymen five times, if you will. All the things that he suffered, and then he finally ends his last decade of his life incarcerated in a Roman prison, eight in a Roman prison, two in Caesarea, and then finally just to be beheaded at the end of his days. And yet he says, for our light affliction, which... Is but for a moment. That is our moment. It could be your moment. So when you remain dispensational in this verse and apply it where it needs to be applied, your weeping may not be just 12 hours. Your weeping may not be one week. Your moment may last longer than others in this life, but in the midst of it all, we look to the Lord. Paul says in Philippians 3.20, for our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the midst of the moment, the memory of His holiness, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are to look toward the morning. This is where we're looking, guys. But joy cometh in the morning. Do you know where the morning is? Heaven is the morning. Heaven's the morning. David said this, as for, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. He says, I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. Let me encourage each and every one of you tonight. I want us to understand, and I believe that you do, 
that our life is but a vapor, James says. Many years ago, I preached a message about the, the hyphen of our life. And the underlining theme was the brevity of life. But I preached on the hyphen, an entire sermon for 40-some-odd minutes in Tennessee on the hyphen. You say, what the hyphen? The hyphen, the dash between the birth year and the death year. And what is compelled in all that? For some, it was 30 years. Some, it was 50. Some, it's 120. I mean, that hyphen is, is you know, the hyphen's the same length, amen? But it's a symbol of the days that we have on this earth. And no matter how long it may be, in the eyes of eternity, it is but a vapor. It's a fading flower in the wind. But during the days of living, I want you to think about a flower. Now, I like flowers. I know very little about flowers, okay? She knows everything about flowers. She has taught me for uh, nearly 26 years now, and I've forgotten everything that she tells me. I ask her over and over and over about this flower and that flower, and, and, and I just I don't know them. I know a few, don't get me wrong. I won't know if I see them, but I know what they are. As a matter of fact, I think I mispronounced wisteria uh, for about 20 years now. No, I was calling it listeria, wasn't I? And, uh, you know, I love to look at it. I just don't know how to pronounce it nor spell it. But I want you to think about a flower. Flowers are beautiful, aren't they? Some flowers smell good, some don't. But when a flower is living, it is adored by those that are around it. Have you ever ridden by a house that just has the, uh, I just had the word in my head and I can't think of it now, geraniums or whatever they're called, and have, have all those things around there? What are those other things I like, the purple ones, the big puffy ones that we have in the back garden? You can't even think of it now. Anyway, rose bushes and hydrangeas. I love hydrangeas, the big old things like that. You know, you ride by a house and you, and you see all of these flowers, well manicured, and you, 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 you stop and you go, man, that is beautiful. You, 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 you take all in those things. There's something that's attractive to it. People enjoy being around the flowers. Flowers will send forth a sweet Fragrance. They were presented with vibrant colors, and they will bring joy to those that partake in it. All the while, a flower endures hardness. A flower endures the hardness of the winds. It endures the hardness of the rain. It endures the hardness of the sunshine. And, and yet all of those that it's, it's enduring are essential to its life, essential to its growth, essential to its development. And then one day, off it goes. Its morning has arrived. Our life, guys, is a fading flower. I was in South Africa in September preaching that conference down there. And we, we, we support now Brother Mike Nelson, who is the pastor of the church while I was preaching. And then his daughters run a baby house, which is a small orphanage now. And we, uh, we support them through the churches. And our church supports them, part of our missionaries. And uh, so when I was going to look at the baby house, they were getting ready to show me what all goes inside there, and they have ages, ages four and down. As I approached the house, there was like this um, archway. I don't know if it's called an arbor or whatever it was, but it was this beautiful little archway, and it had all these white flowers hanging down on I think they were white, whitish, you know. I mean, there were loads of them, like a little vine, you know. They beautiful. I don't know what they were, but they were pretty, man. But I, I, I got about 10 feet from those things. And the wind struck just right, and the smell. And I was like, oh, my soul. I was, I would, I, I, it was breathtaking. I mean, 
it just knocked me for a loop. And I mean, the, the, the feeling, the joy, the uplifting, the energy, everything that comes along with that. And I, and I walk up to the flowers, and there could have been bees galore in there. I got stung in the face, but I didn't. And I just shoved my head. I was like, oh, my soul. I said, what on earth are these things? You know, and I love gardenias, and I love orange blossoms, and I love, uh, what's the other one thing? I love lavender. I love those three smells. Now I got a fourth one. Those are jasmine. Good night, man. It was exhilarating. Do you understand what I'm saying? Think about that in your own life tonight. May it be said of our life that no matter how short or how long it is, that our life brings joy to those around it, just like the flowers. May our days be filled with making a difference in the lives of others when they partake and they look at our life, and maybe it's a reflective glory, enduring the wind, enduring the rain, enduring the sunshine, but those petals still seem to glow and to gleam and, and make a difference to having joy in the life that we're given. May our time, which is here today and gone tomorrow, be a sweet-smelling savor to those in our sphere of influence and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that, Jasmine, tonight. Joy comes in the morning, and our morning will come someday. I don't know when it'll be, and I don't know where it'll be, but I know what it'll be. But may our life tonight, no matter how long, no matter how short, be as that jasmine hanging down on that arbor, an attractive petal of joy and a fragrance of beauty. We bow your heads this evening. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time and opportunity. Thank you for your word this evening. I pray, dear Lord, that you would lay it upon our hearts and our minds. Lord, I pray that you would please take your holy word this evening and write it upon the table of our hearts. And Lord, as we do steadfastly remain dispensational in the teaching of the Scripture, let us not get so didactic that we lose the blessedness of a life, Father, of joy that will come in the morning and the difference that we can make in the midst of the moment, having the memory of thy holiness every day. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen and amen.